Hello, and welcome to 7-Minute Explainers, your audio guide to everything you need to know about compelling and complex topics. I'm Peter Weber, an editor here at The Week, and today I'd like to consider whether the geeks have inherited the earth. If you haven't noticed, geeks are everywhere. They've ascended to the upper echelons of tech, business, pop culture, and politics. In 2008, the United States even elected its first Trekkie president. I I was a sucker for Star Trek when I was a kid. Space, the final frontier. Even though when you look back, I think there are only 20 episodes, right? (laughs) They just looped over and over again. Meanwhile, in Hollywood, the only reliable blockbusters are based on comic books or Star Wars. Doctor Who is almost cool, even if bow ties still aren't. And you could draw a pretty straight and solid line between nerd basement staple Dungeons and Dragons and Game of Thrones, the most talked about show on TV for several years running. Jeff Goldblum is a legitimate movie star. Video games are now a $23.5 billion industry in the U.S. alone. Yes, it seems the geeks have inherited the earth. Lord knows they didn't start out at the top. Dictionaries trace the word geek back to 19th century England, a variation on gek, meaning fool, from Germanic dialect. A related word in Dutch means mad or silly. By early 20th century America, geek meant carny, or a carnival wild man, someone who would bite the head off of a live chicken or snake. But by the 1980s, geek had assumed its modern definition of a socially awkward person with unfashionable interests, notably computers, science fiction, and comic books. Even when geeks and nerds took their revenge against the jocks in popular culture, their aspirations were so modest. Uh, I just wanted to to say that, that I'm a nerd. And I'm here tonight to stand up for the rights of other nerds. But things began changing in the 1990s. There were little clues. Like on the quintessentially 90s TV show Friends, Rachel dated Ross, the geeky paleontologist, and not Joey, the beefy actor. The respectable Shakespearean actor Patrick Stewart signed on for a Star Trek reboot, and the show, The Next Generation, was a mainstream hit by the time it ended its run in 1994. By 1999, the hunky Keanu Reeves was starring as a hacker messiah in The Matrix and geeks were no longer comic relief on TV. In fact, they had their own show, which they shared with their cousins, the Freaks. But it's really technology that gave geeks momentum. Thanks to the internet, geeks in Silicon Valley and Seattle were suddenly millionaires, or even billionaires. And even after the dot-com bust, the geeks were more necessary than ever. Every company needed an IT team. Napster got sued to virtual death, but it convinced everybody to listen to music on their computers. Apple jumped on that to churn out a series of consumer electronic revolutions that made tech not just useful to people, but objects of desire. The internet gave people with particular interests a place to follow them and to build a community. For technically inclined introverts who felt more comfortable in cyberspace than among flesh and blood people, the internet changed everything. And once online social networking became easy, it turns out geeks had plenty of company. So the future looks bright for the young geeks of today. But the question still remains, have geeks really risen to the top? Have they finally surpassed the jocks and the cheerleaders, the punks and the rebels, the drama club weirdos, 
the future farmers and business executives of America? Besides, do Americans even want geeks to take the reins of society and business and government? The 2016 presidential election acted as an imperfect test. And it seems that when it comes to the geeks, Americans still aren't entirely sold. Let's talk for a second about semantics. Nerds and geeks are generally understood to be broadly similar, but subtly different social subgroups. Nerds. Nerds. Nerds! What is a nerd? Nerds were generally smart and unpopular, while geeks were technically savvy, unpopular, and had particular uncouth interests. So, in regards to the election, Obama may be our first geek president, but Hillary Clinton would be considered a nerd. Whip-smart and always meticulously prepared, never the most popular kid in class. Donald Trump is neither. He's the bully, the self-obsessed rich preppy. In the John Hughes classic Pretty in Pink, he'd probably be James Spader's Steph McKee, the wealthy jerk out for revenge because he was turned down by a girl from the wrong side of the tracks. As we're all aware, the nerd lost this time and the preppy won. That is, Trump will be president, Clinton will not. And that fits pretty neatly within a long American tradition. Nerds in presidential elections don't fare well. Look at Al Gore and Mike Dukakis. This trend can actually be traced all the way back to the 1950s when Dwight Eisenhower, a former general, beat the bookish Adelaide Stevenson twice. But in an unusual twist this time, at least unusual for geeks, the nerd won the popularity contest. Sure, Trump won the election, but Clinton got nearly three million more votes. So maybe the jury is still out. Collectively, geeks probably don't care if they conquer the earth. Presumably, they just want to have an equal shot at success and happiness alongside the groups they coexisted with, happily or not, in middle and high school. If they are typically faring a little better, or a lot better, who's to complain? And that does it for this episode of 7-Minute Explainers. Look out for new episodes every Thursday on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. For more of our series, go to theweek.com slash audio. And if you like what you hear, subscribe. Tell your friends and give us a rating or a review on iTunes. I'm Peter Weber, and thanks so much for listening. Music